the vibes. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K23. BJ, we're creeping closer and closer to episode 200. I'm excited, man. I am excited. How you doing, my brother? Mo, you already know, Mo. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. It's all good. It's all love. You know, yep. give me another choice. I got to find a way every day. I got to find a way. Man, well, people demand it, so I got. I got to do. I got to get the people what they want. You know, there's no games last night. Obviously, election day. Is it like midterm elections? I don't really know what the deal is. Yes, it's not like a yes, presidency yes. election. It's so like a, a midterm election. But the night before, all 30 teams were in action. We didn't really get a chance to dive into what happened around the league. Right, right. But there's right. a few things I want to talk about. The Celtics, okay. of course, we've got to start there with my Boston Celtics. The uh, Celtics won on the road against the Memphis Grizzlies. And um, a little thing jumped out to me. I wanted to get your insight on this. Okay. Late in the game, Jason Tatum was at the free throw line, you know, just to, uh, to try and wrap things up. The Celtics ended up winning by three. And John Morant went mm -hmm. up to Jason Tatum at the free throw line and he was trying to talk. He was trying to talk a little something to him. It's all love. He was trying to talk a little trash. Yeah. And in the post-game okay. interview, John Morant said, hey, listen, I was trying to talk to JT, but he said, man, <laughs> i got to make this. i got to go home and put Deuce to bed. Deuce being his son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know, Jason Tatum obviously there demonstrating a strong mindset. He's got his priorities. Some players, on the other hand, are very effective when it gets to shooting in clutch situations etc and the crowd can get to them trash talk can get to them you having the experience in the league what's the key to blocking out the trash talk from opponents practice you you, you have to you got to get the you got to get your reps in you know mo you've heard me say this many a times once you lose your confidence you never get it back mm -hmm. you've put in the work of thousands and thousands and thousands of free throws You know, now I just got to go up there routine and do what I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of times before. Now, trash talking is a part of the game. And for us who've played sports professionally and who've played it collegiately or high school, you know, in the park, pickup games, that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. But your confidence it's, always... It's my favorite part. Yeah, it always derives from your ability to know what you can and can't do. If I've shot a million free throws, like, really? Like, you coming up and saying that to me, it's really going to get me up. I've done this. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But if you haven't done the work, if you haven't put in the time that's necessary, then you'll get easy, you're easily distracted. So I think practice is the, the main focus here when you have people talking because that's a part of the game. Booing is a part of the game. You know, my, my family and my mom in particular used to always ask me, how could you make a shot when all those people are cheering and booing? And, and I was like, mom, I don't even hear them. She's like, what do you mean you don't hear them? Mm -hmm. You know, she just couldn't. So I, I understand it, but because I've done this so many times, well, I'm sure Jason Tatum has done this millions and millions of times. Mm-hmm. That little trash talk now becomes kind of comical because he has obviously an elevated confidence to know that he can make that shot literally with his eyes closed. And that's where it comes from. Now, 
around the league. Loads of teams won, loads of teams lost. Those 15 games, like I said, the Minnesota Timberwolves lost their fourth game in their last five. Anthony Edwards yes. has said the Timberwolves just play soft. He didn't say they played soft last night. He said, we just play soft full stop. Mm. Okay. Mm. What's the solution here in Minnesota? Is it just a question of time getting these pieces to mesh? How are you looking at that? Well, it's interesting to watch them because with this recent trade of Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns at the four and the five, now we've come to heavy expectations. You know, we know we know Anthony Edwards is an all-star waiting to happen. D'Angelo Russell has been an all-star, and he's an all-star caliber player. Now with this level of talent that we know and that we can see, suddenly now you have expectations and they are not meeting those expectations. Carl Anthony Towns is playing now a new position. Mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert is playing on a new team. Anthony Edwards is up next to in line to get a max contract. D'Angelo Russell now is kind of in limbo because his contract is coming up. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things swirling around this team. And it's only one thing that's going to, you know, really clear the air, if you will, and that's to win. And they're not winning. So this is what you're seeing. You know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to exhibit some level of patience with this group. But then the question begs, how long? Because at the very least, I think all of us, are expecting them to at least get to the playoffs with this group of talent. And Mm -hmm. right now they are not performing at that level. And if they're not careful, you get too far behind in this mode, especially now with the new play in situation, Mm -hmm. you find yourself in trouble and you find yourself on the outside looking in. So, you know, I think right now it's a very delicate situation there because they're not playing with a lot of confidence when you're watching the play. I think they lost last night to the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks is crazy. I was reading the thing today. The Knicks are 5-0 and against teams below 500 and 0-5 against teams above 500. Perfectly mediocre. But, you know, we've got to talk about my favorite loss from last night, and that is, of course, the <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers. Losses in their name. They lost 139 to 116. The Jazz almost put up 140 on them. Great win for right. the Jazz, by the way. They're for real. Lauren Markkinen said today that they're fueled by everyone who's expecting them to lose every day. He goes on Twitter and people are surprised that they've won. I read it. But speaking about the Lakers, LeBron didn't play. Anthony Davis played. 29 points, only four rebounds for their starting center. Um, you know, not a great performance from him, I would say. But uh, Bill Simmons came out and said that there is chatter around the league that the Lakers are looking to potentially trade Anthony Davis. I don't know if you listened to our show last week when I said that they should trade AD. I don't know. I don't know if I said that on the show or just after we finished recording or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as a realistic possibility now? You know, it, it's funny when you when you hear these, you know, claims from different sources. Everyone has a source. There's chatter. Let me assure you this. If you're going to trade Anthony Davis or LeBron James, the last thing you want to do is engage in a conversation where you don't actually do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. If that is going to happen, 
because this is a very small circle of friends. Okay. There's only 30 teams. The agents, the people in the media, everyone will know instantly if that were to occur, because clearly looking at how things are reported in today's world, everyone knows everything. Therefore, if they were engaging in a trade scenario that involved Anthony Davis, you better, you better get that deal done because once it gets out, I mean, it's not already not looking good for the Lakers. It really won't be looking good <laughs> if that, if that gets out. So I don't, I'm not buying that one. Do I think there are, there are other executives who would be willing to package something for Anthony Davis? Absolutely. Do I think the Lakers at some point here sooner rather than later are going to have to have a meeting internally to figure out what they're going to do if they continue on this path? Absolutely. Do I think this team is good enough to turn this around, to be in the top six in the West? No, I, I personally don't. So I think there, there are a lot of decisions that have to be made. I think for sure this is on the horizon. I don't think the Lakers organization want to have this conversation. However, it may be that they have to have it. And the way it's going, Mo, it looks like this is going to be a real scenario where they're going to have to figure out if they can't make the playoffs with Anthony Davis and LeBron James as their one and two, Russell Westbrook has seen, he seems like as if he's found his rhythm coming off the bench. You're getting 18 points a game off the bench. I don't have a problem with that. I don't care who it is. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that, that's. Did you see the quote from Russell yesterday? He had, he he had a great quote in the interview. Let me find it right now. He, they, go, they said, Russell, are you feeling more comfortable out there on the floor? And his answer, he really reminded me of you. Do you know what he said? What do you say? I wake up comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to give him credit on this. He hasn't lost his confidence. Hell no. He's just got to find his space. Well, he's found his space. If I can get 18 points a game off the bench, that's worthy of six men of the year. Yep. Now, that puts the, well, what this is showing me is the following. You have a player that's coming off putting up those numbers. Then, Mo, that puts the pressure on the starters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy is what, getting 20-some points a game now off the bench. So now that's showing me that this roster needs a little, you know, a little this, something. This is crazy. The crazy thing about NBA media and NBA fans is literally one week ago, maybe even less than a week ago, Oh, the Lakers need to trade Westbrook. Westbrook's ruining the Lakers. Westbrook, da, 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 da. Westbrook's fault. Westbrook, oh, Westbrook went five for 14. He's the reason they lost. Now he's playing well. Oh, they're going to trade Anthony Davis. Someone needs to trade Anthony Davis. Listen, I told you guys, you should give Westbrook time to figure this out because he ain't the player you guys were saying he was. Russell Westbrook's an all-time right. great player. Now he's starting to figure it out. <laughs> Attention's turned to give Anthony him credit. Davis. And the yeah. thing is, LeBron James, as great as his career has been and as great as he still is, as you always remind me, Father Time catches up to everyone. Everyone. And it's more evident than ever in the past couple of years. And 
the reason why they traded all of those players, some great young players in Brandon. Imagine how good this team would be if they had Brandon Ingram or if they had Alonzo Ball and he had stayed healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Even Josh Hart hit the game winner in Miami against the Heat just the other right. night. Mm-hmm. They traded him for Anthony Davis so that he could carry the torch when LeBron kind of slows down a little bit and he can really put the team on his back. But Anthony Davis plays less games than LeBron. He missed more time than LeBron. So right. they're really looking for someone that can not only help them win now, but also not leave them completely with nothing after LeBron eventually retires. So I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. Well, I, I think we know what the solution is. We, we know what the solution is. It's just no one wants to say it. The solution is, if we're going to build a team around those two, then those two have to carry the responsibility of winning and losing the game. Their bench is covered now. Their role player, they found their role player. You can, I mean, just think about this. If you said to a LeBron James team that someone was going to average 18 points a game off the bench with the LeBron James team. Mm-hmm. You're going to win in a championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's, <laughs> you said the championship's booked in. Now this is this is what I'm saying. Like this isn't a knock against LeBron. I I I don't even say anything about LeBron. This version of LeBron. This man is in year twenty. What do I expect? If he feels good and he has a thirty or forty point game, hey, I'm applauding. But I also know this version of him. There might be some tough moments in there because he's not that young, energetic, as good of an athlete as he still is. He's not that athlete yeah. where he can just overpower, win yeah, the game. He's one of the greatest and, athletes the earth has ever seen. Yes. So for, for me with him, just give me what you got, big fella. Just give me what you got. Now we put the other. Now we say, well, what about Anthony Davis? As far as I can tell, we have Anthony Davis right now, who is an all-time top 75 player of all time. <clears throat> he now... He's now playing out of position. Well, hey, you could say whatever. He was he is on the list, and that's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it, and he's playing out of position now as a center. So we have so many things here going on. And in particular, if you want Anthony Davis to be that player, he's got to be a four. That's what he is. Well, you know. and, and, and now it's all here. So we know what needs to be done. If if you're going to if you're going to do this, then you're going to have to upgrade the talent around them. Yeah. Right? Well, you're going to have to upgrade it. Speaking of that 75 list, I don't think Anthony Davis should have been on it. I think Dwight Howard should have been on there instead of him. And Dwight Howard was in the news today as well because his 19th mm-hmm. season as a professional, he has not received any NBA offers, and he will be going to play in Taiwan which is okay. an interesting career. I respect it highly because it shows he still has the passion and the love for the game. He still wants to get out there and compete. I do think the Lakers could do with him at a five and have Anthony Davis slide to the four, but that's a whole other story. Shout out to Dwight Howard, man, going out there, still showing his love for the game. we got to talk about the Atlanta Hawks, BJ, because the Milwaukee Bucks undefeated run finally came to an end at nine games. And um, Trey Young didn't, in fact, play in the game in which the Hawks beat the Bucks, They're two teams very familiar with each other. They had a couple of preseason mm-hmm. games out in Abu Dhabi against each other. And then they went head to head last night. 
and the mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks lost, thanks to two players in particular. AJ Griffin, the rookie, came off the bench and dropped 24. But I want to talk about DeJounte Murray. 25 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, and 3 steals. And that's with no Trey Young on the court. How good of an addition has he been for this Atlanta Hawks team? Well, you know, first, that, that was a big that was a big time win for the Atlanta Hawks to win. And I think it's you and I were three talking now. during yeah, yeah, we were talking during that game, and I said, you know what? This kid, Deontay Murray, he's interesting. You know, I, I knew he was always good, but I just kind of really watched him closely because he's playing against a very good guard, one of the my one of my favorite guards to watch play, and that's Drew Holiday. Yep. He's been having a great okay. season in his own respective right. And I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the stats, and you know me, I'm not a big stat guy, but in 32 minutes last night, Deontay Murray had 25 points, eight rebounds, 11 assists, and three steals versus Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's that's no slouch. He ran the team. He defended a very good basketball player. And he really dictated the tempo last night. Really did a nice job. And, you know, you know you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, the Griffin kid, right? That's who yep. you're talking about. Okay. A.J. Griffin had a big-time game last night. I mean, it was, it was a big-time game. Big time game for that young man. What I think he averages what seven or eight points or something. Yeah, yeah, he's still a rookie uh, for the season. Only nineteen, and, and yeah, and that was a big time effort. And when you win games like this, you need unexpected contributions. Well, that was one. I don't know if he can do that consistently. I don't know if he was in the scouting report before the game, but when you lose a Trey Young, someone has to step up, and that was great. And he stepped up in a big way. Played well. Played about thirty minutes or so off the bench and, and, and came in and really gave the, gave his team a lift. And that was a nice win for them. A really, really nice win versus a very quality opponent has to be a, a huge confidence booster, confidence booster for the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, absolutely. Did any other games stand out to you in particular last night with all 30 teams in action? Well, I was interested in the, the Sixers game, right? The Sixers versus yes. the Suns. And, um, they were you know, up big Joe from Joe, early. Yeah, they were up big. And, and, and I thought maybe there was a chance. You know, Phoenix did make a – they made a run. They came back. But JoJo was just too much. I mean, he was – you know, the big fella looked like he had fresh legs. 33, like 10, and 5. Shape. Yeah, like he's rounding his shape a little bit. And it's, it's interesting to watch when he plays Tyrese Maxey and when JoJo doesn't play. It's just – yeah, Maxey goes from 40 – to 10 or 11. To 10. <laughs> yeah, to 11 last night, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting to watch. So I'm a little concerned about that because that's a huge swing from a, a, a great player like Maxine. We, we all know, and you know, you've heard me say it, and I think you've even mentioned, we're, we're expecting this kid to be an all-star mm-hmm. player this year. But he's been really – he's not been inconsistent. I just don't think he's found the right rhythm and flow to dealing with – this version of the Sixers. Yeah. Well, and now that James Harden is out, so we'll make, hopefully, or maybe he'll find it here. It's an interesting, interesting conundrum there because Maxi, obviously, with the speed, you want to give him space to use that speed and attack on the inside, especially in the half court. But then beat down there doesn't really work. It works for shooters like George's Niang went for seven from 10 from behind the arc to give them 21 right. off the bench. But when you look at teams with Embiid, you really just want to surround him with shooters. And I feel like as great as Maxi is, you can really see how he can utilize his skill set 
when Embiid's not there. That's not to say they're better when Embiid's not there. It's just to say they play a different style and they right. play with a bit more pace. And there's a little bit more space for players like Maxi to get inside and attack yeah. downhill. Um, you know, I, I want to also get your thoughts. You know, that was a good win last night by the Portland Trailblazers. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was that was an interesting one because I thought that he had it wrapped up. They went right. full court that with good... that little dime to Josh Hart in the corner who knocked it down. It was a very solid game. Anthony Simons really holding his own. Like we talked about, and I talked about, and I'm guilty of this. I said Lillard and Simons together in the backcourt, too much of a defensive liability, but they're proving to hold up all right. The problem here I have for the Heat is as great as we know Jimmy Butler can be on his day. I think at this stage, we all know, everyone really knows, Jimmy Butler just saves himself for the postseason because the postseason Jimmy Butler looks very different to the regular season, Jimmy Butler. You know, like when he puts the team on his back, goes, I guess, 30, 40 points, does it all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Last night, the Heat didn't have a player scoring over 20 points. And for me, that's a real problem in the regular season. Now, we know the Heat are traditionally a great team and they always finish really well high up in the standings. Right now, they're four and seven. They're 12th in the standings. And it just sometimes when your team is kind of in a close game like that, or, you know, going through a rush stretch of forms, you need a guy who can just take the ball and take control of the game and step up and lead them to a W, you know? And I don't know. I, I kind of worry about the Miami Heat this season. I don't know if it's too early and they're right. going to figure things out because Coach Bo is a great coach. But that's just another example of two teams who I think kind of evenly matched. You know, I think they're evenly matched respectively to both of them. And I know it's a close loss, but at home, you've got the Miami advantage. There's no games tomorrow, so you would expect that home court advantage to kick in even a little bit more. I thought that was a winnable game that they should have won because that takes mm-hmm. them five and six rather than four and seven. What do you think is going on over there in Miami? Well, I, I think they, they've always had, especially with this group, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. So they're going to they're gonna go through it. And, you know, when you look at last night's game, for instance, they had a lot of guys in double figures, you know, yeah. 15, 16. 10, I think they have like, what, six guys in double figures? Yeah. So that lets me know they're playing as a team. That lets me know that they're doing what they do. However, you know, the one thing that they need is if they can get the those that type of contribution plus Jimmy Butler's 25 plus, mm-hmm. now you're talking. Now you're talking. You yep. know, Jimmy only had 16. Yeah, And we know Jimmy Butler is capable of putting up a 40-piece when need be in a high-pressure situation. Yeah, So I like what they're doing. I think they have depth. I think they built this team. I don't think they're panicked or anything that, uh, to that nature, but they're going to need Jimmy Butler to be more of a star yeah. than Big- what he's currently doing. And, and, you know, it is, it, it, who knows? Maybe he's fighting a little injury we don't know about. But yeah. if Jimmy Butler can be Jimmy Butler, along with the contributions they're doing, I think that's a winning recipe and a winning formula for that group. Well, see, I'm not concerned about Jimmy Butler, and I'm not usually concerned about the Miami Heat. But the reason why it concerns me is the Eastern Conference is so strong this year. Yes. Because as you know now, as we talk about all the time, only six guaranteed playoff spots. Right now, we've got the Milwaukee Bucks, who are looking as strong as ever. The Cavaliers, who are looking like one of the best teams to start this season. The Boston Celtics, 
greatest franchise of all time. The Atlanta Hawks, who we were just talking about, looking super nice. The Toronto Raptors have been very good. That's five teams. And then you have the Sixers, who we expect to improve. We have the Brooklyn Nets, who might even figure a few things out here or there. Chicago Bulls are around 500. You never know if DeMar goes into his MVP bag, like he did a little bit last year, gets them up in, in the standings. If the Heat were not to finish in the top six, that's just a lot of pressure. I'm not saying that they can't do yes. it, and I'm not saying that Jimmy Butler won't do it, because I believe in them. But it would just be nice for them to have a little bit more comfort in the regular season. And the other thing that kind of worries me a little bit with them is their lack of size, especially in the Eastern Conference if they get to the playoffs. At the moment, they're playing Jimmy right. Butler at the four. You know, they're playing Struess, Lowry, right. Right. K- uh, Martin. Is it Caleb or Cody? I, I, they're identical mm-hmm. twins. So mm-hmm. one of the Martin twins. And then Bam at the five. I would like that to see them... I know um, Yurt Seven's injured still, or he's out of the lineup. When he comes in, I'd like to see him start at the five and move Bam to the four a little bit. I know that might not help the offense, but defensively, I think it will help them out a little bit. And especially on the rebounding battle, um, you know, having a little bit more size in that lineup because they're missing basically PJ Tucker, who just left. And this is where the lack of offseason additions comes into play for the Miami Heat. It's a long season. And a lot of these teams, as we talk about a lot on this show, their lineups are getting bigger and bigger. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops and how that unfolds over there. We had um, an interesting game, last game we'll talk about today, between the Brooklyn Nets and the Dallas Mavericks. And Luka Doncic, once again, another 30-plus point game. I think the last time he scored under 25 was back in March, which is kind of crazy to think about, unless I'm mistaken. But this guy's carrying on a whole different level. What do you think of the Mavericks right now? Yeah, it's been interesting to watch the Mavericks because of the ball dominance of Luka. I mean, Luka is putting up massive numbers. Is it sustainable? It's not even about sustainable. It's can you win with a player playing this brand of basketball? Because when you get to the playoffs, Okay, in the first round, a playoff team is going to take away something. The thing I'm concerned about with the Dallas Mavericks is the following. They're not playing a brand of basketball that allows the other players to flourish right now. Luca is playing sensational. Luca's playing sensational. But when you look at how they're playing and how things are you know, the distribution of points and all those things. It's Luca and maybe one other guy. You know, I don't have the stats in front of me. I guess I could pull it up. But right now I'm a little concerned because of the ball dominance. It's a heavy usage rate. I think that's probably a better term that we're relying on one player. As good as he is, Mo, you're not going to beat a good team with just one guy. Mm -hmm. I don't care how good that guy is especially in today's game and the way he plays, because he's not a pace guy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't play fast. Mm -hmm. He plays at Luca's pace. So now it puts even more pressure because if you're going to maintain the pace of the game, as these better teams are able to play with, because they're going to dictate pace by their defense or their ability to rim protect or their offensive output, or because they have advantages now you're going to run into bigger, bigger problems. So 
give Luca. Luca is playing. Look, stat wise, he's playing amazing. They 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 beat another. You know, KD and all those guys. However, I would love to see. I just want them to play a, a different, not a different brand, a better brand. Because when you rely on one player, we've seen this with James Harden. We've seen this movie so many times. You're not going to be able to just beat a good team as they start taking things away on the defensive end with just one player. Yeah. Luka Doncic is 14 games away from being Wilt Chamberlain's record of 30 plus point games to start the season. But you talk about usage rates, BJ. I got a little quiz. I want to put you on the spot right here. Okay, go ahead. Put me on the spot. When we talk about the top four seasons for usage, I would say top five, but the player who's number one is also the player who's number five. So the top four seasons of usage rate in the NBA, do you know which four players would be on that list? I have no idea, but share it with me. Number five, and also you'd see him later in the list, is Russell Westbrook. Number four is Kobe Bryant in 06. Number three is Luka Doncic this season. Number two is James Harden in 2018-2019. And number one is Russell Westbrook in his MVP season. And mm-hmm. if Luka is playing like this, he's right now got a usage rate of 39.2. That means if the Mavericks play 100 possessions on offense, the ball is in Luka's hand and he's getting a shot off on 39 of them. Which is yeah, basically four out of ten possessions. It's Luca. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it, I mean, listen, that's that's just tough. That's just a. I say it, and I'll, I'll, because it, it doesn't, it never changes. You have to play a blended brand of basketball, offense to defense, and utilizing and incorporating your team. And when you have a great player like Luca, Luca's got to figure out how to incorporate his talents into the team and the team has to figure out how to play with him because he is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is incredible. You can't say, I mean, what did he have like 36 or something last night? He's 11 for 22. You look at it five and nine from three, like, but he also had two starters. The other, he had two starters who had zero points and he had another starter, Spencer Dinwiddie, who had two points. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Okay, they got the win. Though (laughs) they got the win, they got the win. However, I don't know how many wins you're going to get as you play against better teams, and you're going to play against better teams in the playoffs. Yep. So, if you're going to have a player like Luca, you got to figure out how to incorporate everyone so that Luca can do what Luca do which is Luca's job is to win the game especially in the last four minutes of the game mm-hmm. but to think that you're going to play isolation basketball and he's got four out of ten possessions well I I, I don't I if, defensively I love that why I can just load up on the guy yeah I mean, I'm not sure the formula. I think the usage rate that is player possessions that will end in either a field goal attempt, free throw attempt, or turnover from that given player. Most players, right. 20% usage maybe, but uh, 40% is all types of crazy. But he's getting a job done. <laughs> he's getting a, his job is to win games, and he's not doing a bad job of it at all right now. But the job of you guys listening to this right now is to make sure you subscribe to the show. If you're listening on Spotify, follow us. Leave a little five-star rating. If you're listening on Apple, subscribe. Make sure you download every episode. 
and uh, leave a nice little review for us. That would help us out, get us up there in the charts. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you subscribe there as well. And all of you guys, share with your friends, guys and girls, share with your friends, share with your family, share with anyone who wants to listen to the NBA. BJ Armstrong, the moment he's breaking it down for you here at the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K23. We'll be back very soon. Thank you guys for listening. Hope everyone's enjoyed a night of rest where they can finally sleep with no NBA games on. Perfect timing for me. It's my birthday. I'm going to go and sleep for more than four hours for the first time since God knows when. Mm. I ain't had a mm. good night's sleep since God knows when. Words of J-Hus. Anyway, you guys, I'm going to catch you soon. BJ, I'll speak to you very soon, my brother. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe. Stay blessed and make sure you get buckets.